Super good to see y'all here this morning. How you all doing? We're good. Shut team. Katsu pihe akoto. Katsu ora, katsu pai. Any advance on katsu pai? Katsu ru here. Exhausted. Yeah, I'm always catching ingi, so I need to do a different one. I was trying to learn, where's Anne? I was trying to learn excited, but it was a really long, whakaite, I'll learn it. Anne and I were getting it sorted. Anyway, good to see you all, eh? Super good to see you. Hey, so we've got a few baptisms happening, if you didn't know, um, this morning, which is super exciting. Um, so can you check up, hey, my first sight. How cool is that chick's nails, by the way? Legit, eh? So good. So, and she's got tattoos, which I'm not sure if you can be a Christian and have tattoos, but... It's up to God to figure out. I don't know. Hey, so this is what I'm talking about. Um, this is, I did a talk at youth a few months ago, and then I sat down this week to write a whole you know, baptism talk, and I went through the one I did for the youth, and I was like, it's really good, I think. Not like, that, that sounded like I was really arrogant. I read it, and I was like, that's fine. Why would I make a zillion changes? So I've made a few changes to de-youthify it a little bit. Um, and at the same time, I thought youth don't even remember what they had for breakfast. So I could literally do the same talk, and none of the youth are going to be like, bro, we've already heard all that. So, But if you are a youth who can remember, then you'll hear some same things. So I kind of apologize, slash totally don't apologize. Hey, so this is what I'm talking about, right? Um, baptism, is it an optional extra? Is baptism something that you can kind of add on if you want to this whole Jesus thing, or is it kind of a core part of what it means to be a Christian? So if you think about it like this... Um, if you go to Burger King, because no one would go to McDonald's, because McDonald's, Burger King, amazing. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, shot team. Um, if you go to Burger King and they, you, know, you order a Whopper, one of the best burgers ever created, uh, you order a Whopper and they go, do you want fries with that? It's kind of like, <laughs> are you insane? Do I want fries? It's like the fries are not an optional extra. The fries just have to come with the burger. Am I right? Oh, man. Everyone who disagrees, get out of this church. Nah. You know what I mean, right? Fries just have to come, or a Coke just has to come. It's like, duh, who would get a burger without fries and a Coke? And that's kind of what I'm going to talk about, is is the Bible makes it really clear, and you saw it really clearly in that passage Emily read. We're going to look at a few others where, and I say this really carefully, so I need you to hear me on this, right? Let me do this first. It's always a decision between you and Jesus, always. So I'm going to be a little bit pressury on the reality that baptism and being a Christian are one thing. In the Bible, there's never, I'm a Christian, oh, I might get baptized. It's like, nah, it's not an optional extra. It's like fries with a burger. You, you just got it. It's one thing, right? But in saying that, I want to be real careful to say it's between you and Jesus to figure out. So if you sit there feeling guilty, you're mishearing me because that's between you and Jesus to figure out, right? Um, the other thing I'm going to say several times is also the age is a bit of a factor. So I'm going to talk about the Bible never says there's an age limit to getting baptized, but just in our society, which is very different to the culture of, of Jesus' time, we just want to be kind of wise on that. So one of the things I say is if someone's young, and you can figure out what young is, and they want to be baptized, as a church, we're always really strong on, you need to talk to your folks. You need to talk to your folks. What do they think? You know, let's have a chat about this. Does that make sense, eh? So Jesus, age, all good? Okay. Um, so is it an optional extra? So just a funny story to keep us hooked in here. Um, so I used to live in the States and had a really good friend called Bart. Classic American name, right? Bart, so American. Awesome guy. Um, and he and I and a guy called Aaron used to go mountain biking up in the Rocky Mountains a lot. And there's a lot of rattlesnakes, like literally heaps of rattlesnakes up in the Rocky Mountains. 
And so one time uh, they went without me because I was studying. What a nerd. And they went mountain biking and um, one they were riding, Bart thought a stick flicked up and hit him on the leg. And it was quite painful, but being a tough man, I don't know, tough American, he just kept going and got back to the car. And he said they got to the car and it was still really sore. Came back, I saw them when they got back. And he was like, bro, my leg is so painful. That stick must have been whatever, blah, blah. A um, couple of hours after that, his leg just went whoosh, swelled up like insanely, and he was in crazy pain. And his wife, um, Kristen, who's awesome, uh, chucked him in the car, raced ED, walked into ED. Well, he hobbled and hopped into ED. Straight the doctors looked at him and were like, rattlesnake bite? And he was like, which can kill you, right? And he was like, ah! So into the thing, and they said, oh, because he was going so fast on his bike, the snake only did a little, I don't know how they, you know what I mean? Whatever. Turn to someone and go, because that's kind of cool. Is that good? That's kind of a good one. All right, you're all good. I know some of you are quite serious, and you're like, what is this guy doing with this? Anyway, so, um, so they said it didn't get the full venom in. They said if it had got the full venom in, they were way up in the mountains, you'd be dead. <laughs> but they said it's still bad enough that you are going to probably die, <laughs> so we need to give you the venom. Now, my friend Bart, the anti-venom, not more venom. That would be awesome. And so my friend Bart had a really fast decision to make. Hmm. Do I take the anti-venom or do I don't? It's not a, not a decision, right? Um, it, it's like it really wasn't an option. It, it just doesn't make sense to say no. And that's the same thing to me with baptism. Baptism is just not an option, right? Jesus makes it really, really clear that if you are a follower of Jesus, you'd be baptized because it's a symbol of what happens when you become a Christian. I'm going to talk heaps about that, so that's kind of where we're going. Hey, and I know I normally get us to turn in our Bibles or click in our Bibles or whatever, but I chuck the verses on the screen. Um, today, so we could all kind of see them together. So the first one I want to look at is from Colossians, and this talks about who Jesus is, because there's another verse coming that if you don't remind yourself who Jesus is, that one doesn't have the grunt that it needs to have, if that makes sense. So this is the first one from um, Colossians 1. So Colossians 1, how cool is that graphic? It's one of my favorite graphics of all time, I love that. Are you with me? Wow, I'm going to carry on. Colossians 1, 15 to 17, here's the, the first part of it. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. This last bit is just mind-blowing. I love this, eh? Everything was created through him and for him. I love that, eh? For him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. I just love it. Everything was created for Jesus, and that last bit always blows my mind. He holds all creation together. So Jesus Christ, second person in the Trinity right now, is holding your atoms from dispersing, I guess. (laughs) He's holding gravity, gravitying. He's holding the stars. You know, It's like, wow, my brain explodes, and I fall down on it. Jesus Christ is the awesome, supreme creator of the universe, right? Um, and, and I know this is kind of silly, but you've got to imagine this. I'm very visual, and I love imagining things. You imagine what it was like at creation, because these verses make it very clear that Jesus created everything. So in the gospel, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it's pretty clear that Jesus is the one who expresses God, communicates God, shows God. So therefore, most people think in Genesis, when you have in Genesis 1 and 2, and it says, God said, most people would say it's Jesus speaking, right, saying it. And so I always love to imagine the the incredible power of the Trinity being expressed through Jesus Christ at creation, where Jesus literally goes, let there be animals. And I, because I'm slightly weird, always just then imagine, 
You know what I mean? Are you with me? Because how did that happen, right? Jesus literally goes, and on the, I don't know, my theology's shady, the fifth day, let's go to the fifth day, let there be animals, instant cow, instant hippopotamus, instant giraffe, instant platypus, my favorite, what was God thinking? Just like, ha ha, let's chuck all the bits together, the leftover platypus. But it's like, hang on, stop for a second, how much power was, do you know what I mean, eh? It's like, whoa, Jesus is awesome. He is the creator of the universe. He is the one who everything exists for, and he is the one who holds everything together. Oh, So we keep that in our heads, right? Jesus is amazing. Um, he is God. And then we come to this verse in, in Matthew uh, 28, 18 to 20. And you guys know this, but I, I put it on the screen, right? Here it is here. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority uh, in heaven and on earth. So let me go back so you focus. So what he's about to say, he's starting it by saying, basically, I am God. <laughs> You're with me, eh? He's saying, I have all authority in the universe. And so what he's about to say, and again, I'm saying this with respect, remember, between you and Jesus, and if you're younger, talk to your parents. What he's about to say is a command. It's not like, oh, thanks for sharing, Jesus. I might go and get a coffee and think about that. It's, no, 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 no. He's literally saying, I am God. <laughs> what I'm about to say is a command. <laughs> um, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You guys know this verse, right? We, we read it. We, we talk about it in church all the time. There's three real simple parts to the command, right? So the first part is pretty simple. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Um, disciple is a simple word for a Christian, right? A follower of Jesus, someone who believes in Jesus. So what do you have to do to be a disciple? What do you have to do to say, yeah, I'm a Christian? Pretty simple. And Emily explained it really well before she did that reading. Um, all of us have sinned. Like last time I checked, which was right now. Yeah, everyone sinned, right? One of us. Hands up, who's never sinned? Anyone? Anyone? Naomi? Get out. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Naomi, you're shaming us all. No, we all, and no one needs to tell you, right? You, you stop for like two seconds and think back over the last couple of weeks, and you're like, oh, man, there was a little bit of jealousy, maybe a tiny bit of greed at some point, maybe some lust snuck in there, a little bit of anger when I was driving, and that person, cut, you know what I mean? We all sin, right? Um, and then sin separates us from God, because God is holy and pure and good and right. He loves you, but he's like, you messed up. You continue to mess up, so I can't be in a relationship with you. And so the Bible makes it really clear that that's one of the entire reasons that Jesus came. Jesus died in our place, right? None of us can pay for our sin. We can't go to God and be like, how much, God? Tell me when to stop. What does it cost for my salvation? The only thing that can remove our sin is for someone to be punished in our place, which is Jesus, right? So Jesus died in our place, took our sin, and then if we believe in him, if we go, man, this whole thing is surreal, really? This, this God man, Jesus, lived 2,000 years ago, and, the cro- and it's like, yeah, it's faith, man. <laughs> if you try and break it down, you'll always go, this doesn't make sense. It's like, well, that's why it's faith. It's not like I can figure it out and do a pros and cons and a spreadsheet or whatever. Oh, yeah, it's always faith. Though. So to be a believer is, is faith, is believing that Jesus came, that Jesus died in our place. And, and that's what it means to become a disciple, and that's this big call on us as a faith, faith community, one of our primary things is to make disciples, make followers of Jesus by sharing our faith, being a light at school, being a light in our workplace. Pretty obvious. 
Um, next thing he says, and it just carries on, right? In the, um, even in the Greek, this is just one long thing. It's not got like full stops and stuff. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like in the passages that Emily read, and there's a whole bunch of other ones that I just didn't have time to put in. In the New Testament, it's always believe and be baptized, believe and be baptized, believe and be baptized, believe and be baptized. It's never believe, oh, now let's wait and check that you believe enough, or you know enough, or you're spiritual enough. It never says that. It's just believe, be baptized, believe, be baptized, right? Um, pretty simple. Here's a bit of a story. I was, I was reading um, some some stuff this week, and I read this story about baptism, which I thought was super cool, so uh, this is a true story, it sounds kind of wild, but it's a true story, so let me read this to you, um, some time back, so this is by a guy called um, Andy Cook, um, he's an author over in the States, he said, some time back, a retired missionary dropped by our church, she'd served faithfully in Africa, and one day she happened upon a small baptismal service, this is in Africa, a fellow missionary took three new converts to the center of a shallow river, and dug a hole in the sand so there'd be enough water for the baptism. Even then, the new believers were forced to sit in the sand so there'd be enough water to cover them for the important ceremony. The missionary telling the story saw uh, what she'd expected. A few friends and family members gathered to watch, and the missionary in the river raised his hand, repeating the familiar scriptures before baptizing the converts. When the first convert came up out of the water, he began an excited and joyful, joyful time of shouting, <laughs> The quiet service was silent no more. The second convert did the same. The final convert also came up from the shallow water, shouting for joy. Afterwards, the missionary watching the process asked about the unusual tradition. Why all the shouting? <laughs> the younger missionary who was doing the baptizing replied and said, I haven't been able to completely communicate in this tribe's language. They heard the scripture I gave them, but they don't understand the symbolic nature of it. <laughs> When I told them that they would be, and he's quoting Romans here, buried with him through baptism into death and raised to walk in the newness of life, they actually thought baptism would kill them. <laughs> this last bit's real interesting. He goes, so this is Andy now saying, he says, we chuckled as we heard the story until the missionary froze us with her gaze. Let me ask you a question, she said. If you thought baptism would kill you, would you be willing to get in the river? <laughs> I was like, man, that's really cool, eh? Um, you guys know, right? But just to remind you again, baptism is a symbol of what has already happened in someone's life, right? So I'll pick on G-Town, or Grayson, as he's commonly known. Pick on Grayson. So Grayson's going to get baptized shortly. Nothing magical or mysterious is going to happen to Grayson. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he'll get up and walk across the water and get out or come up glowing. No, nothing magical happens in baptism because baptism is a symbol of what's already happened in Grayson's life. So at a point previously, he believed in Jesus, like I explained. Did that transaction with God where he said, okay, you are my God. You are the boss of my life. And so when Grayson gets baptized, he goes under the water, symbolizing death to the old Grayson, right? No longer is Grayson the boss of his life. Grayson's saying, all right, God, this is freaky, <laughs> but you are my God, Jesus. You are the boss of my life. And then when he comes out of the water, symbolizing newness of life, right? Newness of life. Jesus is the, the, the God of my life. He's got me symbolic, right? And then the last bit's always real classic, okay? Um, teach them to obey, I uh, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Um, pretty simple to understand, right? The, the first part is make disciples, baptize them, and then it's just simple, be your disciple. <laughs> and Jesus makes it really, really clear in the, in the Gospels when he was on earth. There, there's no connection between someone saying, I am a disciple, but not being a disciple. He goes, that doesn't make sense, <laughs> 
if you say, I'm a disciple, I'm a follower of Jesus, but your actions don't show you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus goes, eh, <laughs> no deal, <laughs> right? Um, he makes it really clear that someone who says, I'm a Christian, follows Jesus, obeys Jesus, lives for Jesus, right? So that's, that's, that last part is pretty clear. Um, teach them to obey everything. So both these guys, and you're going to hear them share, I'm going to talk to some questions with um, Grayson, and Jacob's going to share an awesome little testimony of his life recently. And in that, you'll hear them clearly say, yeah, Jesus is the God of my life, right? Which is, to us, really key as a church. So a quick question. So just grab a friend real far. So if you're visiting or connecting, we all do this most Sundays. Just grab a few people around you. Just take, we're going to take like a minute this time. Normally we take heaps longer. Uh, what are some of the reasons why some people wait to get baptized? So grab a few people around you, have a little chat. What are some of the reasons why some people wait to get baptized? Have a chat. All right, kia ora, kia ora. Hey, so normally I'd get feedback and stuff, but just because of time, um, here's some of the normal, or not normal, the most common things that I often hear why people are waiting. And I kind of talked about this a little bit before, but uh, a lot of people will say, um, I just want to be more ready. And I'm always like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what does it mean to be more ready? You know, Jesus has done everything, like Emily said. There's nothing more to do or learn or whatever. And again, in the Bible, it's never believe and then a time. It's always believe me, baptize. There's no, be ready. Some people, I've heard heaps of times, I need to be more spiritual. I need to be more like Jesus. And I'm always like, man, you're never going to be like Jesus. <laughs> He's like perfect. And last time I checked, unless maybe Wendy, you're just never, because Wendy's the most spiritual person in our church, if you want to you're never going to be like Jesus, so what's your, when, when are you going to say, I'm now Jesus-y enough? And again, the Bible just says, believe, be baptized. Um, another one I've heard heaps, and, and this is the one I say very, very carefully. I've heard heaps of people say, I'm too young. And I'm like, oh, legit. That's between you and your parents to figure out, because the Bible never says there's a certain age where now you're old enough or you're too young or anything. So I'm always like, if, if a real young person comes and says, I want to be baptized, it's always like, oh, cool, you need to talk to your folks. It's up to you and your parents and Jesus to figure that out. So that's another kind of thing. All right. Hey, just one more verse I wanted to, um, to look at. And this is the one that, that was in that little story about the missionaries. This is Romans 6, um, verse 4. And this is cool because it shows really clearly the symbolism of someone being baptized. And I just wanted to put this up so we're all really clearly on the same page. So this is what it says, what Paul was the guy that wrote this. He said, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So pretty, like you can, you guys know what's going to happen. Um, Jacob, when Jacob gets baptized, um, Simon's going to put him under the water. And you look at the verse, for we died, we're buried by, with Christ. When Jacob goes under the water, it's symbolic that the old Jacob is gone, right? Now we still mess up, and the old Jacob will sneak up every now and then, and I'll slap it down again. No, Sean will slap it down. Sean's like huge. Sean will slap it down. Um, but when Jacob's baptized, he's saying this. He's saying the old Jacob. When I was the boss of my life, and I made my own decision, it's, I'm saying no. I'm saying that's gone, right? And then the second part's kind of obvious. Though. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now also we may live new lives. And so. Because Simon loves Jacob, he will bring him up out of the water. <laughs> Not out of under there. Um, when Jacob comes out, it, again, it's symbolic, right? It's symbolic that Jacob is saying death to me, and Jesus is the, the God of my life, new life in Christ. So one of the things I'd ask us as a church, when each person saying Grayson comes out of the water, 
just go crazy because it's again it's a symbol but it's a celebration it's like oh my gosh what an amazing thing for these guys to do in front of you all which is terrifying right terrifying so cool all right so last thing back to my first question baptism it's just not an optional extra right <laughs> it's just really not um so I want to say again real carefully and don't forget you and Jesus and have to agree on this and if you're younger it's you and your parents but if you're not baptized then as rudely as I can I go what are you doing <laughs> what, what on earth are you doing it's a command from the creator of the universe he says believe get baptized because it symbolizes to you as much as to anyone man it's like a giant stake in the ground so if you haven't been baptized, do some praying, right? Do some praying and go, okay, God, I really do believe. What on earth are my reasons for not wanting to be baptized? What am I doing? And then I'd love to chat with you or Joe, so one of the leaders in our church or your folks or something. So, yeah. Okay, let me pray and then um, we'll do some baptizing. Cool, eh? All right, let me, let me pray for us all. Yeah, kia ora, eor. Um, the creator of all and sustainer of everything. The one who called all things into being out of nothing. The one who holds all things together. Man, we are in awe of you, God. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I pray I didn't go too hard in this message. Eh? I just really pray for anyone sitting here now or listening on the, the podcast or watching on video. Kia ora, video people. Kia ora, podcast people. Just pray if there's anyone listening feeling guilty that you'd help them to go, whoa, 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 this is not about guilt. This is about conviction and the calling of God on their life. Um, pray if there's anyone sitting here that's like, oh man, I pray you'd give them the, the integrity now to really process this with you, God. Uh, we want to be people that hear the command of Jesus and we obey it. Uh, when Jesus says jump, we're jumping. We're not questioning, we're not pushing back, we're obeying. Yeah, and I pray for Grayson and I pray for Jacob right now, God. As they're baptized, we know they're not going to be perfect in the future. Um, but man, as a church, we're just in awe of them wanting to really put this giant stake in the ground today and say, I am a follower of Jesus. Um, my, my old self, the, the me being the boss, is gone. And now I, I, I rise eh, um, symbolically when they became a Christian to really serve and follow Jesus, which is awesome, God. Yeah, we feel privileged as a group of your people to be witnesses to this, eh? Yeah, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.